Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio. Thank you for joining us this week. Uh, This is Cass. Uh, I will be hosting this week along with our co-host, Sarah, who is able to join us for the very first time. (laughs) (laughs) We've had uh, Sarah is part of the new hosting team along with myself and Rebecca, who hosted uh, last week. And uh, this is the first time that we've actually managed to get Sarah on a show, so I'm super excited. Um, The three of us will be your hosts on an ongoing basis, so each week it will be one or more of us, and occasionally Brandy will jump in as well. Um, So, Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Just introduce yourself as a host. Yeah, of course. Um, I've really admired Brandy's show until now, and then all the work that you guys have done for the last couple of weeks, so I'm really excited to finally be a part of it. Today I wanted to talk about mental health in the service industry because I've been working in the service industry since I was 19 and I think it's a really big part of my professional life so far. Mm. And because of that, I wanted to bring in a guest, Malika here. Um, And she and I have had really good conversations about this in the past and I thought it would be really nice to be able to bring her on this show and talk about it. Yes. Malika, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Just got off work, had some food, which doesn't always happen. We will will address that later. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I'm feeling great, feeling excited to be here and talk about this. That's a big part of everyone's lives, whether we know it or not. So, So Malika, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, in regards to your work and your career. You work in the service industry? I do work in the service industry, and I've been working in the service industry since I was 17, uh, which... Now I'm 23, and that seems like a wild thing. Where's the time going, you guys? Um, Yeah, and I, when I started, I wasn't allowed to serve alcohol because in Vancouver, you have to be 19 Mm -hmm. in order to do so. And yeah, so there was a point where I was just working as a busser at a restaurant, and that's, that's how it all started. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got a similar experience, haven't you, Sarah? Yeah, so I started as soon as I could serve liquor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, knew that I really wanted to work behind the bar. So I started when I was 19. I started in this little pizza place uh, with some very interesting clientele. (laughs) 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 It's a very seedy little place. And I worked as a hostess, a server, and I work as a bartender and manager right now at a bar downtown, which... Again, another very interesting group of clientele. It's probably the main clientele would be businessmen. Mm -hmm. And in the evening, it's a lot of partying. They're open really late. So we see a lot of diverse people come in, which is nice. But with that, it can bring its own 
mental preparation mm. that you need. Yes. So you've seen the service industry from a number of different angles mm-hmm. with the different jobs that you've had and especially now kind of being in management and not just having your own experience but the experiences of the employees that you're managing, which I imagine you hear quite a bit about. Yeah, it can be really difficult sometimes because we have young girls who are just starting to work in the service industry and they don't know how to handle tables when they aren't, frankly, when they aren't being appropriate. Mm, And that can happen a lot. It can happen why someone's taking an order that they get grabbed or they get asked questions that aren't appropriate and they feel like they can't speak out and talk about that because the classic saying, the customer is always right. Oh, yes. I personally have not worked in the service industry, but I've worked a fair bit of retail and customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's, there's some things that overlap between those and food service, hospitality, um, although hospitality is obviously at the extreme end of a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malika, I do want to ask you about that because yeah. you deal with quite a few customers on the floor as oh, well. Oh, yeah. And I just got some stories. (laughs) Too many stories. I'm just curious, what was the turning point for you when you decided that you weren't going to take some of this harassment that was happening to you? Honestly, it's so like a real, I think I started this when I was way too young to actually like stand up for myself and be confident about it. Um, but I always knew that what was happening wasn't okay. I was just like not, not confident enough. I didn't have what seemed like at the time enough of a backbone to bring it up to anyone just because I always thought that, you know, customers always right and management will always take their side rather than mine. But I think recently in the past like five or six months, that was really like there was a turning point where a customer outside of work um, decided to be very um, touchy, to to put it mildly, um, and I ended up going to management and talking to them about it, and everyone was more than understanding and so supportive and just trying to accommodate me as best as they could given the situation. Um, so that really showed me that like once you have, um, managers or people higher up than you that actually care, that want to be on your side, that like some people know that you have to keep your employees happy to have a good working environment so you can keep your customers happy. So I think that was the point where I was really like, oh my God, this is actually possible. This like, it's possible for someone to feel like they're being taken advantage of yet have people that, you know, back you up Mm -hmm. and stand with you that try to sort it as best as they can. And yeah, I think that was really the point for me. Having supportive management can make all the difference. Absolutely. Um, Especially when you're just, beginning, um, whether you're um, young in age or whether you are new to the industry, Uh having a manager who is on your side makes so many things possible to handle that you wouldn't otherwise think would be. 
Absolutely. It makes you feel like you are part of a family. You're part of some community that's there to support each other rather than like make money and go home. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any tips for anyone in a position where maybe management isn't as supportive? Like, have you had that experience before? I've definitely had that experience before and I just got too comfortable at that job where I was like, I like the coworkers that I work with mm-hmm. on a daily basis, even though management is absolutely awful. Um, and I stayed, unfortunately. But the answer in that situation was to leave as soon mm-hmm. as I could. And I, I didn't. And I regret that. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. It can be really scary. It's very scary. Yeah. Yeah. I had that in a, a the customer service job that I worked most recently mm-hmm. where – I would look around the room and go, everyone else who is on my level mm-hmm. is absolutely lovely. Yeah. But management just don't seem to care as much as they say they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up sticking around for the longest time because I liked the job and I liked the people I was working with, even though I really didn't like the people I was working for. Yeah. Um, and that was a mistake. Sticking around as long as I did um, ended up doing me a lot of mental harm mm-hmm. um, because the the support from management was just non-existent. Um, and it it meant that when I got uh, an earful of verbal abuse from a customer, mm-hmm. um, there, it didn't feel like there was anyone I could go to who could resolve the problem. Because when we got targeted hate from customers, mm-hmm. Um, the response was, well, you know, we don't want to give them the satisfaction of telling them off. Um, And so it it ended up just being that any time there was a problem, we would deal with it amongst ourselves. So I had co-workers take over calls and chats for me when the person was just getting too nasty because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go to management because I knew they weren't going to do anything. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like there's a lot of like relatability to that. Mm-hmm. We've all been in a situation similar or the exact same. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much in, in service industry, both hospitality service and customer service and retail and basically anything where you are customer facing. Mm-hmm. I find there's so much going sideways rather than upwards. Mm-hmm. You'll go to the people who also deal with this on a regular basis because they are in a better place to understand what it's like to get that and more motivated to help you resolve it. Whereas management, if they are not connected enough to what's actually happening on the floor, tend to care more about um, the business as a whole rather than their employees' mental health. So that's where the management having that disconnect can be really dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think the changing point for me when I decided to leave a job that I didn't feel supported for was just this mindset of you do so much for the customer, but what do you do for yourself? Yeah. Like you need to know when to put your foot down and know that this isn't right for me in this moment and your own mental health. Because ultimately you're the only one that's going to protect your own mental health at the end of the day, especially when you give so much to your job and it's expected of you. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the expectation I feel like is what really creates that whole anxiety yeah. around like, can I say something? Yeah, it's that attitude of um, this was what you signed up for. Yeah, you knew what oh. you should expect going into this job. Why did you Absolutely. apply for the job if you didn't think you could handle all of this? Yeah, and the reality is that all of this isn't something that anyone should have to face on a daily basis, least of all from people who they then have to smile and be nice to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hardest part of the job. Oh, yeah. oh, smile and nod. A customer service nod. voice just, oh, yes, haha, you're so funny. Is there anything else I can help you with? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, redirect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. All right, we're going to take a quick break for a couple of minutes, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some more aspects of working in service. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Every day, we're surrounded by technical buzzwords and jargon, jargon, jargon that can go way over our heads. Now, there's a show that brings it all back down to earth. Tune in for today, Tomorrow's Technologies, with host Jose Negron. We'll not only explain the new technologies that are shaping our world, we'll give you the benefits and backstory of these technologies. Listen for T3 with Jose Negron, live every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com. That's brandy with an I at globalteenwealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. Um, We're talking about mental health in the service industry today. So we've talked a bit about um, the kind of problems that you can encounter um, in regards to your mental health when you're working in the service industry. And we're going to touch on something that Rebecca and I have talked quite a bit about the last few weeks, which is boundaries. So it feels like that's our topic of the month. (laughs) So, Sarah, let's talk about some boundaries in the service industry. Yeah, I think before you really start working in the service industry, you need to think about what you're willing to put up with and what you aren't willing to put 
that one. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I had a customer behind the bar who said straight up to me that my customers like my customer service would have been better if I was a man. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, and at the time, this happened maybe even like four months ago. I let it slide. Wow. And it really, it kind of shook me because, you know, you always have those moments where there's a little sexism and it's kind of subtle and you're like, ooh, did that just happen? Yeah. And you can't really call that out. Yeah. Um, but that was that was very obvious. It was very blunt. It was very in my face. And from that moment, I decided that I'm not going to handle any of it anymore. Nice. What I should have done was I should have put the check in front of him and said, if you really want a male bartender, you can go somewhere else. Oh, that, yes. I, I love that. You, you know, you always think of the perfect response, like five minutes later or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it can be shocking. Like all I said to him was I just laughed and went, oh, okay. And I walked away. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that I'm, I really struggle with and I try to work on is the apologizing and the not standing up for yourself. Yeah. Because that's not an appropriate answer to someone saying that your service would have been better if you were a man. Um, And even like, I've, there's been instances where I've been like grabbed on the street and, and she was like, Oh, come to my car. And I pulled my arm away and went, no, thank you. Oh my goodness. So it's, (gasps) it's, it's about learning that, they don't deserve your respect if they don't give you respect. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that's something that you aren't really taught growing up. No. You're told it, but you're also told he's probably just trying to be nice. Yeah. yeah. The quote that jumps to my mind is, I, I don't know who said it or if there is an attribution to it, um, but the difference between respect some respecting someone meaning treating them like a person and respecting someone meaning treating them like an authority mm-hmm. and so often you get the you know if you don't respect me then I won't respect you but what they're actually saying is if you don't treat me like an authority I won't treat you like a person yeah 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 but you get so much with that the customer is always yeah. right attitude it can happen so many subtle ways like the amount of the amount of times that I get called sweetheart or babe oh, or honey yeah. behind it Oh and what gosh. I've done is when people call me sweetheart or honey or babe or anything behind the bar, I just go, I'm Sarah. Like I tell nice. them my name. Mm-hmm. Nice. Because that's such a, that's such a conversational and non-confrontational way mm-hmm. of addressing it. If they're calling you that because they call everyone that, then mm-hmm. now they have something else to call you. And if they're calling you that because they're being rude about it, you have told them no in the way that they can, that they have the least excuse to blow up at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Malika? What was a, a moment where you realized you needed to set some boundaries? Ooh, so many. <laughs> a plethora of uh, examples here. Um, the least gross one I can think of is when someone calls me, hey, to order something. And I turn around and I'm always, this is like my like standard reply is I'm not a dog. I'm not an animal. And I don't respond to hey. Ooh. And I just walk away because uh, if I stay there, I'm going to say a lot more. (laughs) That is definitely not appropriate. So you you just got to find out, you know, a good balance for yourself. How long Um, did it take you to come up with that answer? To have enough confidence to be able to say that. Honestly, I think since 
<sighs> since my last job where I used to I used to manage a bar and I used to have to deal with rude customers as like my daily because all the grievances would come to me and then I'd have to deal with it because there's no one else to deal with it. Um, So yeah, I really had to set those boundaries and tell actually like have to tell customers that they're not always right. That my employees come first because their happiness means more than the $30 that you're spending at my business. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they come in, they don't realize what the rest of your day has already been like or what it looks like. A lot of the times I'll work seven hour shifts and I won't sit down or eat for any of it. Yeah. Yeah. It can be really brutal. And when you're constantly, when you're constantly, called babe or sweetheart or told your mm. service isn't good enough because you're a man like it can take its toll and it can Absolutely. be really hard and really draining on you yeah. and just mentally I think having that routine and knowing your own worth when you mm-hmm. come out of that shift is very mm-hmm. important because no matter how much money you make at the end of the night and you walk out with in your pockets yeah. that's not going to make you feel better if you're mentally not yes. stable there absolutely I used to work in a tea store, so selling dry, like loose tea mm-hmm. um, and tea cups and pots and all the et cetera. Um, and it was a tiny little store and I worked open to close on my own. So 10 hour shifts, wow. no breaks. Um, I could put up the back in five minutes sign if I wanted to like run to the bathroom or across to the food court to get some lunch. And then I had to eat it behind the counter and be ready to drop it and serve at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. So it was... It was sometimes very quiet and I got to sit and read, but at other times I would have five customers in and I had to be dealing with all of them at once when I hadn't been able to sit down or take a sip of my water for like two hours. Um, and the the level, what you said about, um, you know, they had no idea what the rest of your day has been like. Mm-hmm. I would sometimes have people come in and strike up a friendly conversation and I would think like, oh, lovely. This is a a bright spot in my day. Someone is talking to me about something other than tea. Um, And then uh, they would, the conversation would turn in a way that I was like, oh no, you're not talking to me, you're talking at me. Mm -hmm. And it would go from being a lovely, cheerful conversation with a customer to I just have to smile and nod and take this because you are still in the shop. And either you haven't bought something yet and so I can't tell you to leave because you still might or you've just bought something. You've given me money, so I have to be nice to you. Yeah. And you just – you do so much of the, like, smiling and bearing it and, oh, ha-ha, thank you. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Have a ni- <laughs> <laughs> And I didn't even get tips. Oh. <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> At least we put up with this four tips. Occasionally someone would drop a couple quarters into the little um, jar that was on the counter because there was a little silver jar that, that sat by the cash register. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so that if people wanted to tip, that was a place they could put it, but we didn't get tips. We were just a shop. Yeah. But occasionally someone would put tips in there and I would make sure before the end of the day I cleaned that out because otherwise I would not get a share of those tips. Wow. Like the boss would just put them into the register. Yeah. Now we, we talk about kind of those long days and those hard mental 
shifts. Mm. What do you do when you get off? Like, what makes you feel better? What do you put in place to make sure that those don't affect you forever? That's something I'm still trying to figure out, I think. Yeah. Because I, I go to therapy. Um, therapy and is great. Therapy is lovely. And I've been going for a long time. Um, but besides therapy, and I don't get to see my therapist every day. That would be literally my best life, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, Just finish work and go straight to therapy. Go straight to therapy. <laughs> let it all out and then go home. Yeah. That would be the best. But I think I started falling into this habit of, like, go home because you never know what time you're going to get off. I've worked 17-hour days, and I've worked three-hour days. So mm -hmm. you never really know. So I just end up going home and I will get a bunch of food depending on like the mood I'm in. Sometimes you're so stressed out after your crazy shift that you don't even feel like eating, which is always the fun part. Mm. Um, so yeah, and I just like sit there, watch a movie and then next thing you know, it's 3am and mm. I've already like, it's past my bedtime and now I'm going to get four hours of sleep instead of eight. So it becomes a really, really bad routine, which I'm trying to work on. But it's hard when you don't set those in before you, you know, you go into the service industry. If you don't have a set plan, then you might end up like me. And that's never fun because I'm always tired, you guys. Tired. <laughs> I remember when I was working that tea shop job, mm -hmm. especially after... 10 hours, particularly in the middle of the summer when it was super, super hot and I was indoors all day in a, like an indoor market. So it, it got pretty hot and I would just be exhausted. All I would have had to drink that day was tea um, and I would just leave work and I would put noise-canceling headphones on and I, um, I would just not talk to anyone I, all the way home, I would just focus in on the music and I'd sometimes have a chat open with my best friend, but I wouldn't interact with another human being until I got home to my partner. And like, sometimes I wouldn't even talk to her. I'd just walk in and be like, I'm just going to sit for half an hour. <laughs> but like, being able to, after having had to be switched on for 10 hours straight with no breaks and having to like, hitch on the customer service voice at a second's notice mm -hmm. having the power to not talk to anyone is so great yeah having it's that so ability great. to isolate and just say i'm not opening my mouth for the next 35 minutes is so helpful it's another example of putting yourself first yeah like i think probably the thing i struggled with the most when i started working downtown was mm -hmm. when i got off work all my friends were downtown partying and mm. they were like why don't you come out with me why don't you want to come party and it's like because I just spent my last eight hours in a party environment yeah and I can't talk to anyone else right now like yeah. I need to focus on myself and have mm -hmm. a little bit of my own time yeah I think it's okay to not want to go out it's okay to not want to socialize yeah if your Absolutely. entire job revolves around socializing yeah and I think you have to really train yourself especially if I find this to be true most often with women mm -hmm. where we feel guilty for not being there oh, for yes. a party or for someone's like 
luncheon. Uh, yes. Fancy. Yeah. Um, but you you really have to think about yourself. You you live with yourself twenty four seven. Yep. No one else does. Yeah. So if you're not looking out for you, who else is? Exactly. Nobody. Exactly. On that note, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about your worth in tips. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Hey you, yeah you, are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live. The leader in Internet Talk Radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We are back here with me, Cass, and Sarah, and our guest, Malika. And we're talking about the service industry and mental health. And we're going to touch a little bit on your worth in tips. Mm-hmm. So when you work in the service industry, obviously the main appeal is that you get tipped at the mm-hmm. end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, why do you do it? Otherwise, yeah, no one would be putting up with any of this if that was not the case. Well, in North American tipping culture, let's be clear. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. I, I could go on for an hour about countries where you don't tip and how much better service gets there. Oh, a whole other hour. Oh, yeah. Um, so Malika and I were talking about this earlier and she brought up a really interesting point about when you work the same amount of hours 
and you find out how much someone else is getting paid for that as well in tips. Mm. So do you want to reiterate what we were talking about? Yeah. yeah. So there was, there was a crazy shift that I worked with a few other people and at the end of the night, we normally don't really talk about tips. We talk about how much we've sold. Um, and a friend of mine uh, and I, we were comparing how much we sold versus how much we made in tips. Um, and I feel like talking to this about your friend is just more of like a normal thing rather than just randomly bringing it up with coworkers. But she made almost twice as much in tips that night than I did. And I just constantly kept wondering after that, every other shift that we would work together, I would wonder like, what is she doing differently than I'm not? What can I do differently? Why is she making more uh, while serving the same number of people or selling the same amount? Um, and it's constantly, it started to eat at me. And as you start looking at yourself and try and figure out what it is about what, you. Yeah, that yeah. makes me worth less to people, but her, she's worth more, obviously, because she's getting tipped more, which, like, when you think about it logically, that's not true at all. That's got nothing to do with your worth. But in that moment, that's exactly what it feels like. It's like mm. people are tipping you based on how great of a person you are rather than what kind of service you've provided and how busy it's been, how long the food took to come out or whatever. So, yeah, it, it becomes really detrimental once you start comparing uh, start comparing with other people. And it's true with anything, but especially in the service industry where everything is just so constantly up and down and nothing is ever steady. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, and it just becomes so, like, when you start to go down that rabbit hole, it's so hard to get back out. It's worth noting here, too, I think, that um, here in BC, there's a, a minimum wage, and then there's a, a liquor service, service, server, yeah. service wage, which is a couple dollars lower, right? Mm -hmm. But you look at what our service minimum wage is, and then you look at the states, and the problems that we have here as regards needing to make those tips to, to pay your rent mm -hmm. is so much worse across the states where yeah. servers don't really get much of a minimum wage at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, I, it is worth mentioning that, like, we are lucky in that way where it's... Like, if we have a bad shift and we don't walk away with tips, we can still... We can still afford, afford to live. basic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where that's not the reality yeah. for a lot of people in the states. Yeah, and so when you're when you're in a, a state or a um, jurisdiction where that is the case, the problems that we're talking about can be even worse and take even more of a toll on your mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're essentially at that point relying on people's mercy and generosity to be able to afford to live yep to feed yourself to feed your family which again is, that's a huge stressor it's not it's not something to be taken lightly or to be laughed at because people are relying on other people's niceness essentially to yep. be able to survive and I think that can also loop back to what we were talking about originally is like knowing when to stand up for yourself and like having that confidence mm -hmm. to do it. Cause mm -hmm. it can be really difficult when you are relying on these people to yeah. pay you at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, yeah. When you are trying to support a family or contribute to your family's income based on how much you can convince other people to give you, mm-hmm. it can reframe the, the reasons that you do your job. And unfortunately, there's just so many variables variables that can be out of your control. Mm. The people that sit in your section could be low-income students. They yeah. could be people who have had a really bad day or people who just didn't like their food. Yeah, or don't know the tipping culture or there's so oh, many yes. different reasons. <laughs> just on that note, when I first arrived in Canada, I got in a taxi to go to the place I was staying and at the other end the guy that the text driver gave me the machine to pay. And I was like, it's asking me to tip. What should I tip you? (laughs) And he's like, Oh, don't worry about that. I was like, no, no, I know I'm supposed to tip, but I don't know how much, how much do I tip you? And he refused to tell me. I don't remember what I tipped him, but it can be so awkward. How much much do I tip you? And I'm like, um, yeah. That's okay. why I really appreciate those machines that have, like, the suggested, like, three options. Yeah. 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 But I will say, anytime someone's like, how much should I tip you? I Again, in the past, like, five or six months, I've developed an answer. And it's usually, like, whatever, depending on the customer, mm. I will either use, I'll take 50% or um, whatever you think. <laughs> Well, that is a confidence. You're, yeah, you're asking me, so I'm gonna tell you what I want you to tip me. Obviously, the suge- more the better. Suggest a tip based on how nice your suit looks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and the other answer, if I know them well enough, it's whatever you think my service was worth to you. Yeah. Have you had any outrageous tips before? Absolutely. So. This one time I was serving a huge group. I think there was like 20 people and this guy decided to grab everyone's bills and he was doing this whole like showman thing. Oh yes. Mm -hmm. He's like, I've got this. (laughs) Um, And then as he's paying me, he like pulls out a wad of cash, hands me the money. And I just like, I walked away without counting it because I don't normally like to do that in front of the guests. Um, then I went to the back, counted the money, and he had left me a $500 tip. What? $500. It was crazy. So I went back, and I was like, um, do you, this is how much you gave me that was extra. Yeah. And did you do you want this back because yeah. this is crazy? As a side note, yeah. you should always check with people if they leave you a ridiculous yeah. tip. Yeah, because chances are it's not intentional, and they miscounted yeah. or whatever the reason may be. So I go back and I'm like, here, you left me $500. Would, like, here's your change back. <laughs> He's like, no, that's for you. And I was flabbergasted, yeah. to say the least. And before I like turned to walk away, he stopped me and asked me an incredibly inappropriate sexual question. Oh, no. And I literally turned back and I was like, you're going to die not knowing. And I just walked away with $500 in my pocket. At that point, the $500 felt more than justified. Yes. Oh, I love that. Cause he gave you all that money. Yeah. Thought that you accepting it mm-hmm. gave him license to ask you a question that you should not be asking anyone. No. 
least of all a server, yeah. a stranger. Someone who's in paid public. to serve you. Yeah. And you told her that he could die not knowing the answer to that question and then just walked away. Yeah. I love, $500. I love that. I love that. Oh, yeah. wow. You got to deal with it the way you got to deal with it. I feel like everyone's different. Not everyone would have said that. Some mm. people would have chosen to deal with it in a more aggressive way or, not, or a, you know, not so aggressive way. Do you think there was one point in your life where you would have answered that question? Yes. When I first started um, in the service industry at 17 years old, you have no idea what's justified and what's not. So instead of making anyone angry or causing trouble anywhere, you just kind of put your head down and do whatever is asked of you or whatever you're told. And yeah, if I was asked that at 17, I would have answered and I would have walked away red faced, not knowing who to tell. Yeah. yeah, it takes a, a level of experience and confidence in yourself to be able to, um, if if a manager or someone were to follow up with you about that, mm-hmm. to be able to say with your whole chest, no, that was inappropriate and yeah. I wasn't going to take that. Absolutely. And I don't care what job you have. I don't care if you're getting paid $100 an hour. That's not something that anyone should put up with yeah it's not worth the money yeah really and you can find a job elsewhere yeah and I'm mean, obviously that's easy for us to say being, yes being presently employed being presently employed and yeah. that is definitely a privilege that you know I get to walk around with but at the same time yeah. even if you're getting paid less at a new job it's worth the peace of mind oh yes I I went through that with uh, leaving the last customer service job that I had mm-hmm. and I've now taken a job where I am not dealing with customers at all there are no yes. customers <laughs> in my job and I love it <laughs> but I in in taking that new job um it was paying per hour a dollar fifty less than I've been making at my old job and I was like that's fine then realized I'd made a horrendous miscalculation because at my old job, I also got a monthly bonus, which often oh. bumped up my, my wage by up to $4 an hour. Wow. But even even with that, like I was suddenly had gone from having a decently comfortable job to living below the poverty line. And I, I just remember looking at that and going, yes, it sucks. Yes, I, I you know, I'm eating beans and rice four nights a week. But I am mentally in such a, a good place mm-hmm. knowing that I don't have to put up with abuse for any amount of money right now. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like we need to take another quick break and we will be back in a couple of minutes to wrap things up. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you will be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. 
And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are tuned in to teen wealth radio to join in the conversation send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com that's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Thank you for sticking around, everybody. Welcome back to Teen Wealth. Um, we've been talking about mental health in the service industry, uh, how it can often feel like your worth is only measured in how much someone tips you. Uh, and now, I think we're going to talk a little bit about the culture that can surround the service industry. Mm-hmm. So working in the service industry, I specifically work in kind of more of a bar pub kind of style. Um, so it's very normal for people to get off work and start drinking. Yeah. And I myself am not a huge drinker. Um, I don't drink at home by myself ever. Um, and I don't think I've ever drank as much as when I've worked in the service industry. Mm-hmm. And it just it starts slowly and then eventually just becomes a part of your daily life and it's normalized. Yeah. Yeah. And I think without, I don't think it's a bad thing to have fun with your friends after a shift. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's bad to have a drink after a shift. I think it's only an issue when you don't acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you don't know that it's happening, that you don't see the steps that it's becoming. And when yeah. you get to a point where you genuinely can't think of anything else that you might do. Mm-hmm. And you're just reliant on whatever that is, whether it be, you know, casual drug use or alcohol you you're relying on something to cope with what you're going through on the daily so yeah and they are they're all coping mechanisms Uh and there are there are some coping mechanisms which are what we call adaptive so that's things like um talking to a friend or playing a game things that are that help you cope in a way that doesn't harm you and then there are things like um, the maladaptive coping mechanisms might be things like binge drinking or drug use, or um, some people uh, might self harm as a as a maladaptive coping mechanism. Mm. And depending on on which avenue you go to cope, something that should be just fine, you're know, having a drink with friends, can actually turn into something that's quite maladaptive and and unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. I think. One thing that the service industry has over other industries is just how encouraged it is to drink. Yeah. 
and, and the availability of it yeah. as well. And you're just, it's right there. You get off work, and before you walk out the door, there's the bar. Yep. Uh, the liquor is closer to you than the door. So yeah. half the time, that's the battle. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have, like, companies that will set up Christmas parties or pub yes. crawls. And, like, yeah. yeah. The amount of binge drinking I've seen happen on those. Oh, um, I've got some good stories. Oh, <laughs> boy. I remember the, the customer service job I worked. And this is ridiculous because we weren't even working in the, like, hospitality service industry. Hmm. But, like, we... We had a, a staff party at a bar, and my manager went around forcing free drink tickets into our hands. Oh, was like, you have to use all of these because we have to spend this much. Yeah. I'm like, that's what happens at a staff party at a bar for people who don't work at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> so I for mean, people who do work at a bar. I worked at places where the team bonding is taking shots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you do have to get through a shift one way or another. Yeah. Some people choose to, you know, drink chamomile tea and keep calm and carry on. And other people have shots of JMO. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. You just have to be careful that that's not your norm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to know what you are comfortable with and be able to say no. Yeah. And that can be really difficult if you've got a new spot and all your coworkers are drinking and you're like, I want to get to know them. Yeah. Yeah. And And always over a pint or something like that. Yeah. And that's setting boundaries with your coworkers and your management and also Mm -hmm. with yourself Mm -hmm. of saying like, yeah, I'm finishing this shift and I might stick around and talk to people afterwards, but I'm not going to, you know, do shots with all of them tonight and being able to set that boundary internally and mm-hmm. then maintain it and respect it. Yes. There yeah. are going to be people who call you out for it. Oh, there yeah. There are be people who aren't happy because they don't want to drink alone. Yes. But it's really important to stand your ground. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that only will get better once you start practicing it. Yeah. And, yeah, there's yeah. no other way. Just practice. Yeah. And uh, what we were mentioning earlier about how, you know, we, you think of the perfect response five minutes later, if you're – if you find yourself in these situations or you anticipate you might, practicing that response ahead of time so that you just yes. have it there ready to go so that you don't in the moment panic and just give in or say something that you don't quite mean. Like the, the you know, have a drink with us. Oh, no, I don't drink. Mm-hmm. And then being like, well, actually, I do. I just didn't want to tonight. But now I've told them I don't drink and, and, and you end up isolating which I, I have done that one's yeah. personal experience <laughs> um, but practicing those responses ahead of time and having something ready to say that you know is going to convey exactly what you need to be telling people at that point yeah yeah I'm like this is one thing that like I don't think we're used to doing as a society say no Mm-hmm. And just end it there. Yep. You don't need to provide a reason. Yep. No one is entitled to any more information than you're willing to yes. give. Yes. No is a complete sentence. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For the last few minutes of our show, should we talk about some places that people can go for help? Yeah. 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 There are a lot of different resources out there. I know... Um, if you're in BC, there's something called Mind the Bar. Yes. Mind the Bar, which is a... It's mindthebar.com. It is, yeah, I think specifically for BC, but even if you're not in BC or Canada at all, it's going to have some useful um, advice and some tips, and you might be able to use that to start your search. Um, So once again, that one is mindthebar.com, and they can uh, help you out, especially if you're in BC. 
Um, but also uh, separate from um, places that are, are specifically for the service industry, a lot of the um, mental health problems that you encounter having worked in the service industry are different in cause, but very similar in effect to the problems that um, suicide hotlines deal with a lot. Mm -hmm. So there's, yeah, crisis lines, um, and you don't have to be thinking about suicide to contact a crisis line. I promise you, um, a good crisis line will not hang up on you if you say that you're not thinking about dying. Um, One that I would particularly recommend is imalive.org, which is a web-based chat line, um, and, and they're there to help, I think, close to 24-7, if not quite 24-7, um, and they will also be able to help and, and get you started looking for resources. Um, what are some resources that people might have just in their lives, you know, outside of crisis lines? I think um, supportive managers are a good place to go. Mm-hmm. They're generally people who work in the service industry for a long time have mm-hmm. some good information. Um, and it's really nice to be able to connect with someone that is going through it as well. Yeah, yeah, just to have that person, even if they, uh, even if they can't help you in any way, just to be able to find someone who understands that you can just vent to mm-hmm. goes a long yeah. way. This can be a crazy thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> it can be a really hard yeah. thing oh. to work through. Yeah. Not a lot of people understand why you're giving up every Friday night and every weekend. Oh. And- yeah, all of this to yeah. do this job, and it can be really rewarding. Yeah. It can be a lot of fun. Oh, you yes. can meet incredible people. Truly, you can but make five hundred dollar tips, and, yeah. and sometimes they don't even come with an appropriate questions. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's knowing how to find your support group and yeah, the people that you can talk to. Yes, yes. yeah, and uh, managers at old jobs. I found if you're still in touch with a manager from a previous job, mm-hmm. they can often be super supportive because they know where where you've come from in your career. Um, One of my biggest supports um, back home in New Zealand was a previous boss who uh, I used to go and vent to about things that were going wrong at my current job, and she would give me advice because she'd known me for so long and um, and also knew the industry that we were working in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's always always resources, whether they are strangers on the Internet or people you know. Um, Yeah, what are our takeaways from this show? Sarah, if you could... Sum up what you think we've talked about in one sentence. <laughs> I think probably looking back, um, the biggest takeaway is to know what boundaries to set, mm-hmm. to know what you're comfortable with, mm-hmm. and working on the confidence to be able to find those answers. Mm-hmm. It can take a long time to yeah. be work up to that. And I think it's okay to know that you're not there yet. Yeah. yeah. Lika, what about you? What do you think your takeaway is from the show? My takeaway is that you should never have to put up ed- with anything that you're not comfortable with. Mm. Yep. Doesn't matter where it's coming from. Doesn't matter who it's coming from. Oh, yes. Um, and, yeah, find, like Sarah said, find the confidence and work on the confidence to be able to walk away and say no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yep. Being able to set your own boundaries and at the end of the night being able to look yourself in the mirror mm-hmm. and know that you respected yourself even if other people didn't respect you. Absolutely. Nice. I think that's a pretty good note to end on. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, everyone. Uh, we will be back again next week um, and we will have more in store for you then. Have a good night. Good night.
Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show.